0: I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You're tuned in to Heat Check with Trista Crick. On this episode of the Heat Check, the first week of the NBA season, is behind us and the Utah Jazz the Utah Jazz are the best team in basketball the Sixers are the worst team in basketball next to the LA Lakers just like everyone thought well every with the bra- everyone with the brain thought the Lakers would stink but I will be going over all of my big surprises this past week as well as get into a few viewer questions also is Jay Crowder going to the Milwaukee Bucks NBA is cooking, Nick. So do me a favor and drop that beat. This week was wow. This week was something. This is the first week of the NBA season. It's in the books. And I've made a list of some surprises I wanted to share. I wanted to highlight the teams and players who have genuinely given me some sort of shock both good and bad. And like baseball, the heat check is going to begin in Philadelphia where the Sixers are off to a hot start, a shockingly really rough start, which means that the Sixers are now 0-3 at a team when the city, I don't know, maybe it's it's at sports peak. You've got the Philadelphia Phillies now going to the World Series. You've got the Eagles, maybe the best team in the NFC, and then you've got the Philadelphia 76ers. A Benless Philly team with the addition of some some pieces like PJ Tucker. You got some pieces like the Anthony Melton, a healthy Embiid, and an in shape Harden. And yet, somehow, 0 oh, 3. You hate to see it. Couldn't have happened to a nicer city. Could not have happened. Uh, is is Doc going to get fired this year? It feels like it's starting to be a groundswell. I've been looking on Philadelphia 76ers Reddit, and there's comparisons to Jimbo Fisher, which he would be fired if if Texas A&M didn't owe him $87 million over the next two years or three years or whatever it is. So what what is happening? Why? It's a good question because it's – shockingly not Harden's fault, but it never really feels like it's Harden's fault, does it? He can offensively carry the load and somehow not contribute to winning. He has been great, though. He had one bad game against the Spurs, but is averaging 26, 8, and 9 a game. I don't think I expected that, did you? Joel is Joel. He's averaging 27, 13, and 4. Very standard performances for a perennial MVP candidate. Tobias Harris, who I personally don't like as a fit on this team, shooting 44% from three. Tyrese Maxey is averaging 23 and three. So on paper, everything looks good, which seems to be a real problem with Doc Rivers teams, right? Great on paper, not so great in reality. The big problem is that they can't play defense. They just can't. They... They can't transition for shit. When Embiid is off the court, this team is just horrendous defensively. Maxi can't defend. And that just makes two giant holes defensively alongside with Harden, who's also a hole. The Sixers are 24th in defensive rating this year. A drop from 6th last year. Where's Matisse Thybul? Wasn't he supposed to be the next Ben Simmons? Matisse Thibel has played all of 41 seconds in their first two games. Don't, don't worry. He got an in- uptick in minutes. Three minutes against the Spurs when they lost. When asked why, tch, Doc had a perfect answer. It's just the other guys. It's a pecking order right now. He's working his butt off. He'll play. He's got a chance to earn more minutes at some point, but now... Right now, Daniel House and DeAnthony Melton are in front of him. We're going with the smaller rotation, but it'll have a chance to earn minutes at some point. Daniel House? Daniel House could barely get minutes on a Rockets team when they were actively tanking for Jalen Green. From potential first team All NBA defense to a third stringer behind Daniel fucking House? Daniel fucking House was fucking that COVID tester in the bubble. What a rough fall from grace. Boy, oh boy, you got to trade Matisse Thiebel. You got to let him go. There's 10 teams that want someone who can put some good defensive minutes in. Can it be fixed? That is a matter of significant debate at the moment, to be honest. There are really three major problems happening at once. One, there's the Joel Embiid problem. Not that JoJo is playing bad, because he's not, or getting hurt. Well, he might be hurt, but we're not sure. We'll get to that in a minute. This is about the offense. He's having to work so hard on offense that his defense is suffering. And when Joel's defense sags, the entire Sixers defensive scheme falls apart. He's not making easy buckets. He's not getting much in the mid-range and struggling to get into the low post where buckets are plentiful and easy for him. It's almost like the offense is being ran poorly. It's almost like the entire philosophy of the offense isn't great. It's almost like Doc Rivers is making it very hard by an old-school post-centered offense. Second, Harden. Not not exactly what you think I mean. He's really good offensively. He seems in shape, very motivated, looks good, averaging double-digit assists, yet... The Sixers are 24th in both offensive and defensive efficiency. This is a team problem. It's not just a single issue. Our guy Seth Partnow points out the issue as partly Harden's usage rate, which is so ridiculously high that Maxi's usage rate is down 60%, and Harris's rate is down 75% from last year. So they're not getting opportunities either like last year. And Maxi, for all of his points, I mean points per game, has looked not the same player that he was before. I think Tyrese Maxey might need to sit his ass on the bench and come off as a six man. But that's another situation. Thirdly, which I intonated and sort of um, foreshadowed just a second ago, there's a coaching problem in Philly. It has now reached critical mass. Is Doc Rivers a bad coach? No. Would another coach be better with this team? Absolutely. After losing to the Spurs... Doc Rivers, of course, as per usual, gets absolutely murdered on social media. Blue checks aplenty, like Ben Dietrich were calling for his firing after a game one loss to Boston. What do you think would happen when they lost to the Spurs? Get the fuck out of here. His postseason failures are very well documented. If this team struggles in the regular season when Doc Rivers went on the record to say that this was the deepest, most complete team that they've put around Joel Embiid, call me overreaction Monday, but I am overreacting, and the overreaction is not good. So yeah, the problems are there. The writing, as they say, is on the wall. Will they plague Philly all year? I have no idea. I thought the Boston Celtics were a bad team until like January of last year, and they went to the finals. So anything is possible. With Boston and Milwaukee looking as good as advertised, man, Sixers might be in for a long year. Oh, yeah, about Embiid. There were reports swirling about that he's still dealing with the plantar fasciitis that he suffered over the summer. Didn't even know he had plantar fasciitis. I thought he had an orbital bone fracture and a tear in his thumb. But this is like the amount of injuries racking up on Joel Embiid's body only rivals operation. You know, we move on. Players like Goran Dragic, Yusuf Nurkic have missed significant time with this injury. So for a big man, not great. This is what Embiid said before training camp. It all started when the team was out in L.A. Out of nowhere. I just thought it was, whatever, soreness. Over time, it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And then it got to the point where I couldn't walk. And it was really painful. Oh, man. That is rut row Embiid. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So you may look at the Timberwolves right now and be an optimist. If you're living in Minnesota, that's probably you. Or from Minnesota, that's probably you. You want to say good things about the Timberwolves because things look exciting. See the glass is half full. They're two and one. Their only loss coming from blowing a second big half lead, second half lead to Utah, which, you know, you could see Utah, like a team like Minnesota, kind of overlooking Utah. You could say, oh, you know, they're an Edwards free throw away from being 3-0. And you would be right in theory, but wrong in reality, because we are now seeing some things come to light about the issues in Minnesota, at least early on, that are not being addressed. Not shockingly. Not shockingly, it all starts with kitty cats, Carl, kitty cats, Anthony, kitty cat, Towns. I don't know why that's so disrespectful that I said it so many times, but we're going to continue. He's having a very hard time in this system, finding space. And he's a guy who kind of needs space because the center, all of a sudden, of the floor, is blocked out with a massive red X by the name of Rudy Gobert. And it is becoming apparent that the Rudy Gobert experiment is going to require some patience. It's going to require some tinkering because it's going to be, it feels like, very up and down for the foreseeable future. And the biggest problem, according to a Timberwolf substack, howls and growls, which is a very funny name, is getting Aunt Edwards, didn't see that coming, to buy into the pick-and-roll monster that is Rudy Gobert. It's almost like two guards, two teams in a row, Donovan Mitchell and Ant Edwards, don't particularly love working alongside Rudy Gobert. We'll have to see. But Ant is a supremely talented star, as we know. He has spent his entire career working with these pick-and-pops with Karl-Anthony Towns. It shows he likes that. And a number of times already this year, he's blown assignments and even allowed mediocre defenses like OKC to get set and then get a stop. And then that, that vaunted, as they say, that high prestige elite defense that Gobert supposedly has? Well, right now the Wolves are 18th in the league in points given up, 340, because they're giving up an absurd number of uncontested shots. Specifically in the perimeter, they're leaving guys wide open from three. They are 25th in rebounds allowed, they are 28th in assists allowed, they are 23rd in the league in creating turnovers. They suck so many metrics. They're 19th in defensive rating, they were 13th last year with Rudy Gobert without Rudy Gobert. So that is saying a lot, right? These are issues, these are problems that need to be fixed. And the Wolves already played OKC twice, and let's just say this. It wasn't easy, and that's OKC. So what's going to happen when they play a team of a higher caliber? I'm not saying that the Wolves are going to not be a play-in team. I'm just saying let's pump the brakes that this is a top-five team, top-six team in the West. I am saying also that there's a situation that needs to be monitored carefully.